Good morning. I hope all is well with our church. And may God continue to bless and guide and protect. This morning, I'd like to read a psalm. And before I read it, I want you to know that the last five psalms that of David overflow with praise to our God. The creator of the universe. And each psalm, if you have noticed, well, you go back and read them, begins and ends with these words, praise the Lord, or in some manuscripts, hallelujah. They show us why and how to praise God. Someone wrote, praise takes our mind off our problems and shortcomings and helps us to focus on God. And praise God, we need that especially nowadays. Uh, another point, praise leads us from individual meditation to collective or church worship. Praise also causes us to consider and appreciate God's character. Praise lifts our perspective from the earthly to the heavenly. Let me then read Psalm 146 to you. And this is our subject this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord while I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not trust in princes, in a mortal man in whom there is no salvation. His spirit departs, he returns to the earth. In that very day his thoughts perish, he's gone. How blessed is those is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. The Lord, Lord will reign forever, the God of Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's say a word of prayer. Father, we just rely on you. We need to hear your voice this morning, not mine. And we need to leave the scene for a while and think of what you have done for us all and praise you. And 
hum a song in our hearts to say, Lord, hallelujah, what a great God you are. We need your whole, to hear your voice, Lord, so bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. A story is told about Bob Hope and a group of entertainers visiting St. Albans, Albanus Hospital. And they heard their beautiful singing. Then they saw a badly maimed veteran of the Vietnam War pushing himself toward them in a wheelchair, using his arms, the only limbs he had left. Bob said, we have come to sing for you, and you are singing for us. It seems you are singing. The soldier replied, when I stopped thinking about what I had lost and began looking at all I have left, how could I keep from singing? Do you have something to sing about this morning? Do you have something to think to thank God for today? Can you think of some reasons to praise the Lord and to shout hallelujah to our God? I think it's time for us to think what God has done for us and to sing a song and to lift up our hearts and say, hallelujah, what a great God we have. Uh, the psalmist lists here about few uh, reasons to sing to the Lord. And I hope these reasons will recharge our hearts, especially after we've spent about seven days plus not coming to church. But we thank God we can still hear his word. So we recharge our hearts and start thinking of what the psalmist was singing about. The very first thing the psalmist said, the Lord sets the prisoner free in verse 7. A story is told about a, a Christian visited a hospital and paused at each bed to say a word of prayer and give out a gospel or a devotional tract. At the close of the visiting hour, he came to the last bed in the ward and spoke to the patient very briefly. Dear man, he said, when you come to the end of this life, will you go to heaven? In a tone of defiance, the man replied, oh, I think I shall get to heaven all right. What do you think they do in heaven? Asked the visitor. Taken aback, the man hesitated and then said, Well, I hadn't thought about it, but I imagine they sing a great deal. That is right, the visitor said. And we have the words of the song in the Bible. He opened the New Testament to the book of Revelations and read a few verses in chapter 5. And the visitor said, I must go now, but I leave this New Testament with you and ask you to consider this question. If you were taken to heaven tonight, 
Could you sing heaven's song? Next day, the Christian returned and went straight to the bed of this man who greeted him with these words. I read those verses 50 times and I shall never talk about my good works again. In heaven, they sing praises to Christ for redeeming them by his blood and setting them free. I have been in prison for many years, he continued saying, and I have been trying to get out and go to heaven without a savior. But now, now I know heaven's song and I have trusted in his blood so that I can sing that song now. My dear friends, how many people are like this man? They rush through life without a thought of what will certainly follow, hoping against hope that they somehow will reach heaven, thinking that they will be received on the basis of their good works, fulfilling their religious rites or ceremonies or whatever they do. But none of these, I tell you, can avail. You must get out of prison and to do so, only Jesus can change that situation. The Lord will put in your mouth heaven's song, as he put it in this man's heart. The chorus of heaven's song is, here it is, you were slain and by your blood did ransom men for God. It's in Revelations 5.12. If you don't learn to sing that song on earth, you will never sing it in heaven. If you are living I say this morning, please listen. If you are living in a prison of your own making, you can walk through the doors of freedom today. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Remember that. The Bible said, when things go wrong, sing with thanksgiving and with thankfulness in your hearts unto the Lord. Songs turn defeat into victory. Long ago, God's children found this to be true. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we find out when they began singing and praising the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Great story there. So they were routed and the children of God won the battle. Paul and Silas were thrown into the inner prison. Most of us know the story. And fastened their feet in the stocks. It was night in Philippi that day. Around and around midnight, these two men were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Someone said, Commenting on this, the first concert in the Bible was conducted in that prison. And what happened afterwards? The Lord caused an earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken 
and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. Yes, the Lord sets the prisoner free. The jailer and his family got saved on top of that and baptized. And Paul and Silas were released and continued on their journey. For us, dear believers, the Lord has given us a song. In Psalm 124, verses 7 and 8, this is our song. Our souls has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the trap. The trap is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Yes, the Lord is able and he is available to set every prisoner of sin free this morning. My second point is the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. And this is what uh, the psalmist was, was enjoying, he says, in, um, in verse 8. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. He was... He was saying hallelujah. He was praising the God. This is what he does. And we know the story in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 to 52 about the blind man. It's a beautiful story. His name was Bartimaeus. When he heard that Jesus was passing by on his way to Jerusalem, he began crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Lord, in his compassionate heart, he stopped, called the man, and asked him this question. And please listen. What do you want me to do for you? Oh, what a question. And perhaps while listening to this message this morning, you hear the voice of the Lord saying, what do you want me to do for you? Would, you? would you just be sincere and honest with yourself? If you are saved, ask anything according to his will, and I think the Lord will bless you and will do it in his timing. And if you're not saved, please listen as he is asking this question. What do you want me to do for you? Would you let him go into your heart and change you? And the man answered. He did not say anything else to receive my sight. If you're not saved, Lord, I want to get saved. I want to know you as a savior. And what happened? The Lord knew he needed, but he wanted to hear it. He received his side. And what happened? He followed him. During his time on earth, our Lord healed many blind people. But his main purpose in coming to us was to open the spiritual eyes of many to receive him as the true Messiah then and as the Savior of the world. Notice 
Bartimaeus. He, he cast away his garment and came to Jesus. He left everything and came to Jesus. He could now not allow his robe to hinder his speed. And it should be the attitude of every sinner, every person who hears the voice of the Lord. When you, when you hear him calling, or what would you like me to do for you? Or in this case, when Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? I wish each and every person who is not who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, will throw away their self-righteousness and follow the Savior, and he will open their eyes. Jesus is still asking us the same question today. What do you want me to do for you? He expects us to know what our deepest need is. He has the power to meet that need. He shows that salvation is a personal matter and he makes a definite appeal to your will this morning. What are you going to do as he passes by? And you know, he might not pass by again. He never returned to Jericho that day. Or that year, he went to Jerusalem and died for you and me to atone for your sins and mine and give us eternal life. The Apostle Paul, in his testimony in Acts 26 and verse 18, he tells us, What the Lord commissioned him for, I am sending you, the Lord told him, to open their eyes, that is, their spiritual eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light and from dominion of Satan to God in order that they may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Oh, may God open each and everyone's heart. If we have been, you've been so busy nowadays, especially, so overwhelmed by this plague that is still, still with us. It's in the world too, as you well know. May the Lord move our hearts toward him that he is still the same God who would like to open your eyes and open your heart so he can give you the true salvation and the true peace and the true joy that we do not experience in this life. My third point. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. In verse 9, David was burdened with many trials, and at times his load was very heavy. But he sang in the darkest hour. In 1 Samuel chapter 21, verse 10, when David was fleeing from King Saul and pretended to be mad before Abimelech, then he escaped to the cave of Adullam with 400 men who were in distress, who were in debt, who were in discontent. And there, according 
to the history, he wrote the 34th Psalm. In verse 1, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Regardless what I'm going through, Lord, I bless you. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Are we praising the Lord every day? Or are we complaining? Are we saying hallelujah, Lord, for another day? Remember, dear friends, we are still alive. We're still in good health. And I hope each and every one of you is in good health. And this is, he was, he was a, a running away from Saul who wanted to kill him. He was like a refugee. He was running from cave to cave. But he says, I will bless the Lord. I will continually be blessing him and praising him. And in verse 18, he adds, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. Is your spirit crushed today? Perhaps you have been afflicted, afflicted with a condition, whatever it is, and you cannot find a deliverer at all. Listen to verse 19. When he was still in a cave, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And he concludes in verse 22, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned or will be freely pardoned. Let me say this, whatever we're going through, whatever you're going through, please remember that you're not alone, that God is with you. And doesn't he deserve a little thank you or a little praise that we still are healthy and we have God on our side. Are you down? Is your heart broken? Do you feel rejected? Do you feel like an outcast? Is your spirit crushed? Hmm. Is there any sin that is eating you from within and pulling you down? Christian, is there a secret sin that you kept in the inner room of your heart? Let me tell you, let me tell you the Lord is here and he's passing by this morning. He's passing by to tell you, what do you want me to do for you? You know very well, especially young ones, please hear me. Sin defiles, sin deceives, sin degrades, sin depresses, sin destroys. But the grace of God is greater than any sin. In the crushing disaster of man's sin, God's grace reaches down to the seeking soul. And God provides deliverance from the wrath to come. God is able to do what man cannot do for himself. Yes, the psalmist sang in chapter 147.3, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up 
their wounds. Are you wounded? Are you burdened? Is your heart broken? He is the one who can mend the hearts. Yes, he can. And he will. He said in Luke 4.18, this is the Lord saying, The Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. This is what David experienced. He went through a lot. But in all these things, the Lord protected him. Saul could not kill him because God was with him. Nothing could overcome him because he was clinging to God. Yes, he was down. He was sad. He was depressed at times. But the Lord never left him and gave him victory. And David became what? The king of Israel. And Saul died on a hill alone. God is with you. God is with us. And just to end up with this, and he says, the Lord keeps faith forever. In some manuscripts it says, the Lord, the Lord keeps his promises. Doesn't he? Doesn't God keep his promises? Someone said the promises of God are just as good as ready money any day. Yes, this is our experience, your experience and mine, with God who never changes. The moment you gave him your life, he said, I will take care of you. And his words remain forever. He committed himself to love us, to care for us, to bear our burdens, to guide us with his own strong arm, to lead us to green pastures, and never to leave us until we reach the eternal shore. Christians, Christians, let me ask you now, do you have something to sing about? Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we are thankful. We're so thankful for your word that elevates us from this scene and puts us in the heavenlies so we can have, have a glimpse by faith of what you are doing in our lives. We thank you. We thank you for your care. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness to us. We thank you for adopting us 
and loving us and giving us this wonderful life, we want to stop and think a little bit. Stay away from this ugly scene around us and look at you and what you're doing presently in our lives. And we can say, Lord, we have so many things to sing about. Help us never to forget what you have done. As, a, as the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in me, bless his holy name. And to your name we give all praise. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. The meeting is over and may God bless you and be with you.